Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's up, buds? Sending it back in along the left-hand side. 7.40 to go. Puck in front. Connolly with a chance. And they score! They score! The puck on a rebound for Lars Eller! Eller gets the rebound and puts it home. And Washington leads it. 4-3 with 7.37 to go. The Tiger pouncing at the moment that he can potentially be the hero. Welcome back to Champions Drink Radio. I'm your host, Greg Young, and today we are welcoming a Tariq Al-Bashir of The Athletics. So, Tariq, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on again, Greg. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I believe this is your third appearance, or third appearance together, so it's definitely exciting. Um, first, before we dive in, I want to uh, start on a solemn note. Uh, John Walton's younger brother, Scott, was killed in a plane flash clash late last Thursday. John is a wonderful person and a really valuable member of the Capitals community. And I just want to take this moment to say that from Japer's Rink, we all wish him well throughout this extremely difficult time. And Tariq, I'm sure you share the same wishes. Yeah, it, it's really tough. I mean, it, it's always hard to lose a loved one, but, you know, in such sudden fashion. You know, a young guy in the prime of his life with a young family, just heartbreaking. Um, I've talked to John a couple of times. You know, he's doing okay, but, you know, like like anyone, you know, he's he's hurting right now. And, um, you know, I, I wish him all the best. And uh, I texted him last night and said, hey, thinking of you. And, you know, I, I know everyone here in the media corps will continue to check up on him and make sure he's doing okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, we echo the same sentiments here. All right. So um, with with that, uh, I'm going to separate this, which is uh, now hockey content from obviously the more personal stuff. So, you know, this transition obviously has to happen. But uh, just want to say, obviously, these are on different seriousness levels. Um, so that said, let's start from the top down. Um, I'm going to ask a basic question that I think has like weird answers to it. But Tariq, have the Washington Capitals given up on playoff contention this season? I, I mean, I, I would say when you trade Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway, you're saying let the chips fall where they may, right? You know, you look at the standings, there's yes. a lot of games left. You know, they're only a handful of points out. But there are a number of teams in front of them that they would have to leapfrog in order to get in. I think what happened here is uh, Brian McClellan looked around and said, hey, listen, I don't. this isn't a young team that needs the experience and needs to feel a playoff race and somehow get in the first round and then get bounced by Boston or someone superior. That, that, that's not what this team is about right now. They're about making a run. And he said, I think what he said with that move is this team is not prepared as currently constructed with all the injuries and everything else to make a significant or a, a realistic run at another championship or at least a deep run. Yes. And so, um, you know, the, he, got, he, he moved two players that he 
probably felt he was going to have a tough time bringing back. And, um, you know, this isn't unheard of. Um, uh, Several years ago, uh, St. Louis traded Kevin Shattenkirk at the deadline, uh, got some assets back, and ended up making the playoffs, right? Yes, they did. (laughs) Um, It was a short short run, but they, you know, that was the the, the pieces they got, I believe, were kind of part of the foundation for, you know, uh, what they were able to do a couple of years later. So, Look, the Capitals are not interested in a in a tear it down rebuild. It's my understanding that, that they're they're going to sell off some pieces if they knew they were going to have a tough time bringing back or or didn't fit into their schedule anymore, like a Lars Eller, um, who has not been yeah. traded, but I hear you know is, is on the block, um, and and try to retool this on the fly. Look, Obi's got a couple of years left. Yeah, uh, they want to maximize those last couple of years. For sure. For sure. And I guess I, I mean, one of the tricky parts too, is kind of a, kind of a foundational question here is what exactly is the direction here? I mean, because you talk about like, there's been seemingly stories that have come from opposite sides of that question. Right. Because I mean, at the same time, as you mentioned, we have the Dimitri Orlov and Garnett Hathaway trade, but then also the capitals are interested potentially in uh, Jacob Chikrin, you know, and it, it, it seems like they are also interested in potentially selectively buying at times too. So do, do they know totally what the direction is? How much of it is going to be a team plan versus kind of just what the market dictates via deadline day? Well, the, the market um, will certainly dictate the details of what they're, what they're trying to accomplish. But I, there is a plan in place. And, and if, if they were interested in just a tear it down sell off, they would have moved all of their restricted, unrestricted free agents, all of their expiring contracts for whatever they could get. Uh, they would have already made four or five deals. They're trying to retool on the fly here. Like they're trying to, again, you know, Dmitry Orloff wanted more than they were comfortable paying. Yeah. They moved him for a first round pick before that first round pick from Boston went somewhere else. So they jumped to the front of the line. That's why that deal was made. Um, Garnet Hathaway, another player who was going to have a tough time um, uh, uh, being re-signed, you know, they um, uh, moved on from him as well. So, so Jacob Chikrin is what is exactly what they're trying to get. A 24 year old player with some term left on his contract, not happy where he's at, um, you know, can put up points, can help, make this Capitals core, which is not going to change. It's still going to be Ovi. It's still <laughs> going to be Baxter. It's still going to be Wilson. It's still going to be Carlson. They're going to try and add a Chikrin or maybe someone else of that caliber to help this, to kind of kickstart a rebuild. Um, I think you're going to see some significant moves this offseason as well. You're going to see some here at the deadline, but the real work is going to be done this summer, I think, when they start when they start um, uh, using some of the cap space that they're going to have um, from some of these expiring contracts. And, you know, Getting back to the Boston deal, that, that Boston pick is going to be really late, most likely, right? It's going, to, it's going to be 30th, 31st, 32nd. The Caps are trying to, are actively trying to move that pick right mm-hmm. now in order to bring back a player, a young player who's able to help starting next year. Yeah, so I guess from their perspective, I mean, Orlov and uh... – I don't know. Hathaway, I guess, was not a UFA yet, but Orlov certainly was. And so, I mean, you get a you get an asset here that might be, I guess, more easy to flip for a piece that you would long term want. So, I guess if you if, if if you know if if we're at the point where we think that this is obviously more of a kind of retool slash 
controlled and, uh, demolition, maybe, you know, I, then, then jump, maybe that makes sense. If I can jump in for a second, if I can jump yes. in, Hathaway was an expiring contract. So, oh, he was. Okay, right. But even proves the point yeah. more, right? You know, that like if these are, it might be easier to move a, you know, a 31st uh, pick, overall pick, than two players on contracts, particularly if they are at a team that really, really is interested in acquiring assets versus players. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, and again, you know, um, to, to further your point, I, I mean, this is not a demolition. This is this is trying to maximize those last couple of years of, of, Ovi's, of Ovi's deal, right? And so yes. they're going to try and load up and get a chicken. And I, you know, I know there's other teams involved, but I mean, think about this, Greg. I mean, next year's top six on, on the blue line, if they were able to get chicken, it could be Faravari on the left, Carlson on the right, chicken on the left, fill in the blank UFA on the right. Yes. Let's say Eric Gustafson is resigned. And let's say Trevor Van Rienstein are resigned. That's a pretty good six right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, now finding, you know, finding a, a top four right handed D is a little bit like a unicorn. So I just kind of threw that out there. <laughs> maybe, maybe that guy is Nick Jensen. Maybe you are able to, you know, as you get closer to the deadline, you realize the return isn't going to be what you were hoping for. And you now resign him. I mean, at yep. this point, the Capitals know what he wants and he knows where the Capitals stand. You know, maybe maybe the answer is bringing them back. So that's why they're being um, uh, kind of selective here. And yes. and it just wasn't a fire sale, get rid of everybody, everyone's for sale. That, that was never part of the plan. No, I get that. And I, mean, I guess the logical question to flow from it is, as far as you know, what do you think is the Caps theory about why this season went off the rails? You know, maybe, I don't know, off the rails maybe seems a little extreme, but what do you think really was, do, what do you think they their their prognosis of kind of the cause of the downturn this year, I guess, particularly the last month and a half or so? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the injury thing, is, it's, a, it's real. I, I know fans don't want to hear about it. And, and I know, you know, players are trained by their by their PR staffs not to lean on injuries as as um, an excuse but there is a massive difference between Nicholas Baxter when he's healthy and whoever they brought in to, to step into those minutes there's a massive difference between John Carlson and whoever comes into his place right but there's a there's a big difference between Connor Brown another player that four four games and he blows out his knee and he's out I mean the injuries were just crippling for this team. Yes. And, um, it, you know, for, for every fan out there who complains about John Carlson and his, and his uh, uh, turnovers, I, I think this last month has really kind of shown you the importance he, he, he carries on that back end um, yeah. in terms of generating offense, in terms of, in terms of eating minutes, playing quality minutes. It is really, really. Uh, I mean, just look at the Caps' role. power play right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. The, the, yeah. It, it, it's, it's an absolute mess. Uh, you know, and then Ovi was gone for. For four games, I mean, of course, he was mourning his father. Everyone understands, but you know that was at a critical moment in this in this team's uh, season. And so, I, 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 the way they look at it internally is, we got screwed essentially by yeah. by injuries. And part of the injury problem is we're relying on thirty somethings. Let's go get a bunch of twenty somethings um, um, at the deadline, and again in free agency put those players around this this core that we've committed to and hope that we do better next year. Yeah. And I guess that having an Eller be available makes a certain kind of sense in terms of, you know, obviously now in his 30s, you know, a key member of the Capitals core for a while. But, you know, if you can flip that and kind of, you know, he might be more movable than even, say, like a TJ Oshie or something. 
Uh, it, correct. I, I mean, it, it, again, expiring contract versus term, right? Yes. So, um, you know, TJ Oshie is a player who's been quite banged up the last few years. Very important to this team, but has missed a lot of time, has a lot of money left in that contract. That would be very tough to move, I think, um, at least at the deadline, maybe, maybe um, you know, over the summer. Um, but I, again, heart and soul guy, I just don't see him going anywhere. Uh, Eller, on the other hand, expiring contract, 33 years old. They've got younger players who need a place to play next year. I mean, at some yeah. point, you can't keep drafting guys in the first round and keep telling them that the 34-year-old who's clearly sl- lost a step is is going to take their 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 lifetime. At some point, you have to you have to get younger. And again, you know, dovetailing that in with with the injuries. I mean, younger players don't get injured as much as older players. They come back mm-hmm. faster than, in, than than older players when they do get hurt. So that's something else that's kind of going on here. Is you, know, you want to get younger, you want to get faster, but younger players miss less time. Yes, that is absolutely true. Yeah. And so, all right. Um, I, I guess real quick. Uh, so the the background here, obviously, the background noise is that you were at the Washington Capitals practice. So let's uh, yep. let's try to wrap this up pretty soon. But um, so is there any other kind of move? I mean, obviously, we talked about Chikrin. Obviously, we've talked about uh, Eller. We haven't mentioned Sherry, but the, I would imagine kind of a similar boat, you know, not yep. a not a UFA, but, you know, a, a step forward that could get moved. Is there any other kind of piece or thing that you're hearing about that the Caps might do, you know, kind of open up your notebook a little bit? Like, what's something else you're keeping your eye on? Well, I, I have not heard this. Uh, the Capitals, as you know, anyone who follows this team knows, they play their cards incredibly close to, to the vest. I mean, even, even Elliot Friedman has a tough time cracking this nut. They, they, don't, <laughs> they don't say a whole lot. Um, that said, the thing I'm keeping my eyes open for is, you know, are they, if the opportunity comes to go get a young player like Chikrin, who has a really high asking price, would they move on from a LaPierre or a McMichael? Would they move their own first-round pick as opposed to Boston's first-round pick? Like, how badly do they want to get a guy like Chikrin? Or if there's another player out there, you know, a young player that isn't fitting into this team and is going to be available and could be an impact maker next year, how far are the Caps willing to go? All right, that big tier there was Ovi just scored on a wraparound. Oh boy! <laughs> on 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 camp on, on we're, we're getting some uh, some some play by play here on Jay Bruce Rankery. I'm was, a fan. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a it was a beautiful it was a beautiful wraparound, and then nice. Laviola yelled something, and Ovi went over to complain. I think I think he didn't do it right. He didn't. They're working on some set plays. Okay, <laughs> no, it's actually pretty funny. So so um, Ovi's gorgeous goal might not have been done correct. So even when Ovi screws up, he scores a gorgeous goal. I guess that's fitting. <laughs> pretty essentially, yes, essentially. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah go, get, sorry. Continue. Get, 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 yeah, getting back to what I was saying, I, I mean, and part of me does wonder, you know, in addition to those prospects who, it, look, if you're trying to go all in for the next two years, you could probably make the argument that a Connor McMichael or Hendricks LaPierre aren't really on that schedule, right? Those are guys yeah. who are going to be ready a couple years down the road. If you package those guys with a pick, could you get a Jacob Chicken? Could you go get someone else who could step into the lineup next year and play 20 minutes a night and be a stalwart on the power play and really help this team? get going in the right direction. The other thing I'm going to have my eye on is something tells me we could get surprised by something. Like maybe like an answer to Manfall. Maybe, I don't want to say Evgeny Kuznetsov because he, he's a he's a core player, but he's a good player and he's not had a great season. And I know people are frustrated. Again, you know, they've been frustrated with him in the past and he had a good year last year. I think they're frustrated with him again. You know, I, I, I'm not sleeping very well these nights, Greg. Yeah. These these days, I'm I'm keeping my phone in my hand as I sleep. I just I something tells me 
that they're trying to do something. They're trying to take some big acts. They're trying to swing for the fences here because they know the pressure is on. If you're going to make another run without Ovechkin, you got to do something big. It can't just yeah. be nibbling around the edges anymore. So, I mean, I guess this kind of moots what was going to be my my last question, but uh, I'll you know I'll I'll ask it anyways. I guess just as kind of a window to to where the caps are. Um, there's been a there's been some talk about uh you know if they I mean it doesn't sound like a, a demolition is in the or you know is in the cards but if there was or anything even remotely like it would Laviolette or maybe a assistant like Forsyth or McCarthy ever be in trouble I mean I, it doesn't seem like that's been at all in the cards is there any possibility that that could happen or do you just see all right like if they're gonna if they're gonna be retooling maybe doing a coach change in the middle of that doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't see a change happening right now. Um uh not at this stage of the season. Um I, I do feel like depending on what they're able to pull off here, um uh in the next couple of days leading up to the deadline, I think that'll kind of determine what this team's gonna look like, what the what the kind of foundation of this team is gonna look like going forward. And I think then they can kind of start picking um and choosing what, what kind of coach they wanna have uh lead them into the future. Could it could be Laviolette again, he could be resigned. They, they could go in a different direction. I think that's an off-season conversation, something that's going to happen after the season's over. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to ask one real quick question at the end. Ovechkin, obviously, he is now back. Uh, he scored recently. Uh, how is he doing? Obviously, losing your father is, again, a really, really tough situation. So how is how is he doing? Maybe kind of end this on a slightly more positive note. Hey, look, it looks to me like he's um, uh, emotionally kind of reattached here. I, I felt like even okay. before before Mikhail passed, I think he knew that he wasn't doing well and he looked a little distant, a little a little out of sorts. Um you know, I, I, I feel like he's he's you know, I'm watching this practice right now at Honda Center in Anaheim and he's making the most noise and he's out there or you know, yucking it up and kind of getting the energy going. This is this is the most ebullient I have seen him since his father's passing. So um, hopefully that's a good sign that, you know, he's, he's in a, he's in a better headspace and, um, you know, everyone mourns differently. It takes people, you know, um, varying amounts of time to get over it. I mean, he'll never get over losing his father. They're incredibly tight. So that said, it does look to me like he's, he's, he's dialed back in. You know, the question is, is it too late for the staff, right? Yeah. For sure. No, for sure. All right. Well, uh, that was a good good note to end. And uh, uh, Tariq, uh, you know, I know before we typically do like 70 minute podcasts, but the uh, the obviously the practice here, the timing is a little tight. Thanks for running. I, I guess what I'm going to call a tight 20 minutes with me. Uh, where can people find you in your work? <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Tariq underscore El Bashir. Um, uh, that, that's where I, I try to tweet out as much as many observations and news and news tidbits that I can. Uh, and also uh, on the athletic, uh, I, I cover the Capitals full time and um, occasionally on NHL network and on TNT. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been, it's been really cool seeing you on TV and everything too. So, uh, all right. With that, uh, if you like the show, please rate or subscribe to view. We're going to keep pumping out shows here as we uh, start getting back in the swing of things and get ready for uh, trade deadline. So with that, uh, stay tuned.